it's a weird situation. We both agree three out of four is good, but neither of us feel really good about it because they were pretty ugly wins. A win's a win tonight, two nothing versus Kansas City. Really weird. Lots of weird stuff going on at the ballpark all week long, but we'll take it. Do I feel really good about the Red Sox chances? No, nobody should. Nobody should feel really good about the ch- their chances. Am I happy they're still in this and alive and we still have meaningful games? I have something to look forward to tomorrow. It's not like a who knows, who cares? It's a meaningful game. And before we start recording, you and I were going back and forth talking about what we wanted to discuss today. And one of the things I brought up was, how do you feel? Very vague question, right? But before the season began, I think it might have been all four of us, me, you, Coop, and Pat. Rob Rob wasn't in this, but we all, the four of us, we all agreed if they're playing meaningful games in September, fine. And we're getting close to that. It's August 10th. Tomorrow's August 11th. There'll be four games out playing the Tigers. Then you got the Nationals. You have a real chance to make the playoffs. Is it a good chance? No. You got probably like a 10% chance. I don't know what the math is on that, but it's not high. I think it's right there. So in a year that pretty much everybody agreed is a bridge year, which we don't want a lot of bridge years, but they have to happen. Every franchise does them. Look at the Yankees. They should have been calling this a bridge year. If you had any foresight, you would have, but it's acceptable, which doesn't feel great, but it's not bad. I'm not going to sleep at night feeling awful about the Red Sox, but I'm not exactly thrilled. So you take everything into account. Like Heimblum said a million times, the ticker is pointing up. So we'll take it. I think they're on the verge of being a very good team. And by on the verge, I mean, probably next year when they're under the luxury tax and they got a lot of money to blow, but this is fine for now. Just keep it going. Three out of four against the Royals. Not exactly impressive, but it's good. Pat on the back, gentle pat on the back, not a firm pat on the back. A little, yeah, gentle tap on the back for the Red Sox. So big series against Detroit starting tomorrow. And I don't know if you saw the starting pitcher for Detroit tomorrow. My guy. It's your guy. Yep. Your guy, Tarek Skubal. So that's a deceptively difficult assignment to you have a burnt out bullpen. Your offense is ice cold. You play a lot better against righties. And tomorrow you face a nasty young left-handed pitcher. So big stretch coming up, man. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. My expectations are lower than I'd like them to be, but trying to trying to remain realistic in this long 162 game long season. Yeah, I want to go back to a point you said because you're talking about the ticker as I don't know if you can hear my room, but she's talking to me. But uh, you talked about the ticker pointing up, and you talked about we talked how we talked about at the beginning of the season. We talked about how it was a bridge year, and how we just wanted to see meaningful games in September, and just see the ticker pointing up. And I want to go to a chart that was posted by Jay Kuda. He, if you don't follow him on Twitter, it's he's a must follow. He's the, the dude is a mix of incredibly insightful, but also hilarious. Mainly just hilarious. I, you got to check them out if you haven't. But yeah, that's a that's a really good that's a really good J A Y C U D A. That's yeah. a really good baseball. Even if you're not a baseball fan, just the humor behind the the way he puts humor into baseball, I love. But yes, sorry, continue. It's, it's indescribable. But <laughs> he posts this chart, and he basically has on the left side it's all the teams in baseball, and then on the right side he has a list of a few stat co- categories. You've got win loss percentage, batting average on-base percentage, slugging percentage, ERA, FIP, and WHIP. 
And basically in this chart, he points out, is your is that is this particular team better or worse in this stat than they were last year? Now I'm going to go through the Red Sox here. Win-loss percentage, they're better. Batting average, they're better. On base percentage, they're better. Slugging percentage, they're better. ERA, they're better. FIP, they're worse. WHIP, they're better. So, yes, I I, I quote tweeted this, and I, I got a little bit of heat for this, but I, I want to bring it here too. I want to discuss it with you. I said, we may not like where this season is headed in terms of end result and potentially in terms of the game, the types of games we have to watch in September. Granted, you know, after I tweeted that, they've won a couple of games and, you know, now they're only four out. So obviously there's a little bit of hope. Maybe you get into within a couple of games and you can play competitive September baseball. But even if you don't, you head into the offseason, as you said, you dipped the luxury tax. You can go over the luxury tax. They should go over the luxury tax. As a fan, you should be upset if they don't go over the luxury tax. I expect that's, them. That's, that's uh, if they don't if they don't make a splash, then we actually should probably start talking about finding new new front office leadership. Maybe not ownership, but Heimblum yeah. hot seat if that happens. And and that's a discussion to be had if we start seeing you know some of these high price free agents fly off the board. You know you may not hear the Red Sox rumored in them because they run a tight ship, but in the end. Yes, they should end up with a high-priced starting pitcher this offseason. If they don't, they, you, you have every right to question them. At least but, one. At least at least one starting pitcher. Ideally, yes. more than one. Ideally, but, two. The, the big fish. But aside from that, let's just look at the progress they've made this year alone. I, I just listed out all of those stat categories that they're better in. And someone pointed out in the, in the comments, and correct, and rightfully so, that they're that they're worse defensively. And that person was absolutely correct. They went from bad defensively last year to the worst defensive team in baseball by, this year. By a lot. By it's a lot. Not, not close. They're yeah. like if you're looking way, at outs above average. Way. And of course, of course, a lot of that is due to Kike Hernandez, who's no longer with the team. But still, the the gap, I believe it's like negative fifty-one outs above average, something, something yeah. like that. Something Low in 50s. the fifties. And then the next closest is like nineteen, negative nineteen. That's shockingly bad. Like that is Completely unacceptable, but the rest of the stuff is good. So you'll take yes. it. If and not, to, to your point about the Kike Hernandez thing, from this point forward, you know, your their middle infield defense was horrible. And it honestly was probably, in my opinion, like 80% of the reason why their defense has struggled so hard. And, you know, obviously, you know, Costas' early season struggles, he's definitely gotten a little bit better. Uh, Devers has struggled mightily defensively, particularly lately. And we see sneaky, what Yoshida does. disappointing disappointed in uh devers because last yeah. year i was just talking to someone about this last year it felt like he took a step forward still not great he certainly did step yeah. forward and now it feels kind of like he's back to 2019 20 devers defense it's just it's so 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 far below major league baseball standard it is. you don't feel comfortable ever when it's hit the devers and i hate talking negatively about Devers. We all love Devers. He's a great guy. He's, you could say he's the face of the team, but man, that's not, that defense is just like, it's, it's awful. Like just straight up awful. There's not a single bright spot about it. It's yeah. very bad. My, the only thing you can hope for as a fan, you know, wanting Devers to be a good defender is you, you hope that he's, that this is, that this is just because maybe he's banged up. He's certainly not getting days off these days. You know, they kind of have to be all hands on deck every single game. But yeah, I mean, we hoped it would be better. It hasn't been. But basically outside of the defense, though, just to get back to the point, 
everything's on the up and up. Like last year, they entered the off season and Heim Bloom talked about this on a podcast. I think it might've been with on ITM with Steve Peralt, but I'm not sure. He, or no, actually, I think this one was with TC and the TC and Copod, but he talked about how last year he entered the off season and told, you know, the media and the fans that, yeah, we're looking to add, you know, seven, eight, nine players. And when he says that, that means they have, you know, seven, eight, nine holes to fill. You know, as a fan, you hear that and you get excited because you're like, oh, wow, like they're going to make, they're going to make a bunch of moves this off season. But the fact of the matter is when you're in a year, when you have to duck the luxury tax and you need to fill seven, eight, nine spots, that means the price per player isn't substantial, but this year they're going to have the financial freedom to jump the luxury tax and hopefully jump it by a fair amount. They have significantly fewer holes to fill thanks to the breakout of guys like Connor Wong, guys like Tristan Casas, guys like Masa Yoshida, guys like Jaron Duran. You've got, you filled out half of an offense. You filled out basically an entire back end of the bullpen and you've got one of your frontline starting pitcher pieces for the foreseeable future in place. This team needs yeah. to enter the offseason and essentially figure out what you're going to do. It. You're hopefully going to bring back Justin Turner. You have to figure out what you're doing with Verdugo or Verdugo's spot in the outfield. And you basically just have to fill out a starting rotation. And you have but a hey, bunch this, of money to deal with. Not, these, these are problems, but they're not bad problems. No, you have a certain good problem. Guys you use. A year ago, if you asked either of us about this situation, we'd be thrilled with it. And look, of course, the immediate response from a certain group of fans is, you're the Boston Red Sox. You shouldn't have to do that. And you know what, Sammy? And you know what? It's fair. I, I will not I will not trash a, a fan for saying it's ridiculous that we have to be happy with these small victories in this spot. But my response to anyone who has that opinion is just, you have to understand that it's not just about filling these spots with quality players. They're filling these spots with quality players who are under control for a long period of time under team-friendly deals, meaning you can supplement it with better players, which is important because the holes that they have in the starting rotation, there are lots of guys available and you kind of have, I don't want to say your pick of the litter because obviously it's a two-way street with free agents, but you just have a lot of options to pick from. You have options, yeah. And, and, And the fact of the matter is, baseball's changed a lot very quickly. And it's pretty clear how you become a contender. And the first thing you have to do, and there are no exceptions. I'm very firm on this. There's not a single exception. Every contender has or has had a very strong farm system. And that is why Bloom and the Red Sox made that priority number one. And now that they're pretty much universally ranked as a top five, top 10 system, now is when you can cash in. If you look at the past few World Series winners, what is it? Astros, Braves, Dodgers, Nationals, Red Sox, all five of those teams had homegrown cores that they then supplemented, which is what Bloom has started to do with guys like Yoshida, Jansen, can go on and on and on. He started to do that. So now that the tide is turning and we have money to blow and the major league team is, you know, not great, but they're solid. Trevor Story's back. You got your catcher. You got a good bullpen. The holes are starting to be filled in. Now you can upgrade and now you can supplement And a moment ago, you said starting to fill some of those holes. I'd like to pose a question. What are the holes on this team? Because the way I see it, there's really only one major hole on the team, and it's what we just discussed, starting pitcher. So there's upgrades to be made for sure. But as far as, quote unquote, a hole in this team, 
I would say starting pitcher, maybe second base if you don't like Urias. Yeah, the second base question is going to be interesting, especially because, I mean, as it stands right now, anytime Trevor Story plays shortstop, at least for the immediate future, Pablo Reyes should be getting those starts. He's been one of the better players on the team for the better part of a week now, and you can't. My boy. So, my boy. Double tonight. Lead off and lead off. He was, he, we were talking about is he going to be DFA'd or is you <laughs> be DFA'd? Now he's leading off, hitting doubles, scoring runs for the Red Sox and playing solid defense too. He's not amazing, but he's solid out there. He's got good speed. I friggin' love Pablo Reyes. This is like my Pablo Reyes and Connor Wong. Those are like my two guys this year that I just I friggin' love those two. And you know, the thing with every team, like if you think back to like teams that made second half runs and i don't know if the red Sox are going to do that but like teams like when the braves won won the world series and when the nationals won the world series and like these teams that make these second half runs always kind of ride the coattails of these like random guys and you know we got pablo reyes here if the Sox are going to make a run like that's going to have to be a guy that we look at and just think about how we sparked it because yeah you know, and, and, and you knows? always get those like, complaints heimblum stop picking guys off of the scrap heap Tell that to Pablo Reyes, man. He's been unbelievable. You know what they got him for? They got him from the Oakland A's for cash because Joey Cora, Alex Cora's brother, recommended him to, to Alex. There you go. There's your scrap heap number one friggin' example. And then you got John Schreiber off the scrap heap who had a huge inning coming in with Bobby Witt on second. No runs scored. Our guy Bernardino too. Yeah, Bernardino. There's so many examples of filling in these guys filling in the margins as you could say it's so important and it's good to have a gm who's good at it now heimblum's not perfect he's got to show that he can make that big splash but he's good at filling in the gaps i'm 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 happy with the direction of the team i'm sure we can agree we're not psyched overall with the season we would like them to be a little more consistent especially when you got so much offensive firepower and it just seems to go missing but hey like i said there's one way to build a team, and it starts with the farm system. You can reference all of the last five. You can go further back if you want. World Series winners, and it starts with the farm. That's set. Now it's time to cash in.